far is the moon from here? Let's find out. How far is the moon from Earth? The distance from the Earth to the moon is about 232,101 miles. How far is that? You need a spaceship to get there. Control. Final checklists are complete. Now, before you can lift off, you need to select your crew. What do you think? Outer Space Al or General Quacky? Who's gonna be? Spacecraft test conductor skip show, and now it's completed the status check of this personnel in the control room. All report they are go for the mission. What's wrong, sweetheart? I don't want to go to the moon without you. It's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence start. Three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Build a boat. Happy Father's Day! Welcome to Southridge. We're excited to see you. Today's going to be a great day for all the dads in the room. I'm looking forward to what we're going to have and uh, in store for you. We've got a lot going on. We've got a mechanical bull in the back. We've got the bacon bar. Don't let that distract you during the message. So if I see a couple of you get up and go and get some bacon, we will not hold it against you. But we're just honored and thrilled that you'd be here today. We do want to honor all the fathers in the room. And I know, just like Mother's Day, it's not always easy because there are people that want to be a mother and uh, there are people that are, are struggling with that or they had an absent mother. So that's a tough day. And then same with on Father's Day. It's not always easy, but I want to let you know that if you're here and you say, I want to be a father, I want you to know you can be someone's father. 
You can mentor that coworker at work. You can mentor that child in Ridge Kids. You can mentor that neighborhood kid. You can be a good father. You say, I don't have a child of my own, but God can put people in your life that can help you feel that. Or maybe that you feel this wound, and that's what we're going to talk about today because we want to encourage you today. And uh, let me set some ground rules. Every Father's Day, I kind of set a couple ground rules. You say, what are this? All right, today's message is for the men. But let me speak to the women just for a moment, okay? Here's some ground rules for y'all. Here is the rules, all right? This message is for your man, and if you're here, you're a woman, and you have a man, or you had a man, and not sure if you want another one, here are the ground rules, okay? Your elbows need to be kept to yourself. If I say something really good, those are not for that, that, no, no, none of that today. Um, none of the, I'm going to pull out the pen and I'm going to write this down for you kind of thing today. Um, there's none of this. And I see this sometimes is on the way home. You want to preach the pastor sermon, but you felt like the pastor left out a few things in the message that you are going to add to your significant other's notes. So today, those are the ground rules. Let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And uh, all kidding aside, I think sometimes we can steal the blessing. You say, why? Because your man wants to do these things. He wants to become this. So I think about this all the time. What are the words that I want to define me as a man, like what are those things that I want to be? And you have these two. If you could sum up what your ambition as a man to be, you have a word. Your word, you say, man, if I could just be this, if I could just be a strong man. Now, could be physically, but it could be the fact that you take care of your family. You're strong, that you can take the trials, you can take the difficulties, that God gave you strong shoulders, and maybe that's what you want to be known by, as a strong man. Or maybe you say, you know what, I want to be a confident man. Not arrogant, but confident in who God has called me to be. And if I misspell anything, just remember, my email is Wes at SouthridgeSanJose.com. All right? That's my email. All right? And uh, uh, so when it comes to doing these things and, and having the right, the right words, we have all kinds of words. Some of you say, you know what? If I could just be an honorable man, I just want honor. I don't want to be honored I just want people to look at me and think, that guy had integrity. That guy was a person that God could use. Or maybe you have other words that you like to use, and uh, maybe it's one where you want to be brave. And you say, you know what? I just want to be a brave man. That when there's a difficult task or something difficult, I don't run away from it. Or you want to be known for your grit. Or you want to be known for your passion. That you didn't abdicate. That you didn't go apathetic. That you were a passionate person. Maybe you want to be loving. Or maybe yours are a little bit different. Maybe you are just simply saying, I just want to be good. I just want to be good. If I could just be a good man. Or maybe yours is, if I could just be a kind man. Or maybe yours is, I just want to be good looking. Man, if I could just do that, or if I could just be thinner, you know, I, I, I don't know what yours is. And we could go around the room and you could give me your word of what you're trying to be. And, and ladies, let me 
fill you in on some things. Your man wants to be this. He wants to. You say, well, he wasn't yesterday. I know, but guess what? This is where he wants to be. This is where his mind is constantly thinking, how do I get to be that? So here's the question I'm going to pose to your man. What is in the way from you becoming one of those? Because we all have something that's in the way from us becoming the man that we know we can be, that we know we want to be. And we all have something that's blocking it. But to get there, I feel like we all need to get on some common ground this morning. I feel like we all kind of need to be on the same page. So I found a song to just kind of bond the men together, the dads together this morning, okay? Because I just want you to know we're all on the same page. So I found a song, and I want to play this song. I call it the dad song. Let's see this song this morning. This is my dad song, my dressed in bed song, smelly gym bag song. This is my dad song, cheer you up when you're sad song, carry you to bed song, and I hug you so hard at night that you can barely breathe. Cause that's just the life for dads like you and me. My garage is immaculate, but I don't flush the toilet, just don't hate it, I'm complicated. Mom taught you the finer arts, but I taught you how to light your farts, it's hazardous, but it's hilarious. And yeah, I dress you like a slob, but check out my belly flop, but I will never and I will love you till I die This is my dad's song Beer makes me glad song My ugly plaid song Fun while it lasts song You're growing up too fast song So let's have a blast song And do a bunch of stuff that'll make mom have a fit But I'm your dad and it's totally There you go, the dad song. We just wanted to all be together, some of the things when it comes to being a dad. So this morning, I want to look at Genesis. We're going to look at a man here, but we're going to look at really the first man. This is, this is Adam, and we're going to meet this character, and we're going to look at his life because he's in a process of trying to become this. And you and I have a goal, and you have your word, and you want to become that. And ladies, your man, whether you're dating, engaged, or you have a man, you're married to a man, he wants to be this. But there are things that happen that make him struggle with things. So I want you to see this morning, we're going to look at what keeps the man from being that. And it's going to be summed up in one word, is the word wimp. Now, going up. The worst thing you could say to any young man or boy is that when he wouldn't jump the ramp or anything or climb the tree, oh, what, you a wimp? And all of a sudden, something changed inside of that boy. All of a sudden, he found some courage. All of a sudden, he grit his teeth. All of a sudden, he was ready for anything. He would, he would do anything. Why? Because you called him a wimp. And so there are things that separate us from becoming that, and we're going to look at it this morning. But notice, 
in Genesis what God did. Let's look at the very first story of creation. And if you're new to church, this is a great place to start, right at the beginning of the Bible. Verse number 7, the Bible says, The Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his life the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Then the Lord God took man and put him in the garden. Notice the word put him in the garden. Here's the thing, man, it is a wild life out there. And we need to get back to the wild life. I know you think this is a garden. I know what a garden looks like. That's a bunch of flowers that smell like my bathroom. That's a bunch of sissy stuff. It's all frilly. There's nice little plants, little soft grass, maybe a little babbling brook, some nice little deer and everything. No, no, no. The word garden here is the Hebrew word ganon, which simply means a protected place. And then God gave Adam the job of protecting it. You're going to see it in the same verse. You're going to see that God told Adam to keep it, to tend it, and to keep this garden. So it was Adam's uh, responsibility. So God took him and put him into this. So understand this morning that God has placed us in this wildlife. That you're placed in the neighborhood. You're placed in the job. You're placed in the family. You're placed in the marriage. You're placed with the children. God puts you there. And God wants you to know something that you don't have to maintain as a wimp. You don't have to live as the wimp. God created your man. And ladies, here's what you need to understand about your man or the man you're going to date or the man that you're going to marry or the man that you're married to. He is this. This is what God created him to be. He is a warrior. That's what God has. That was God's plan, that your man is a warrior. Now you say, he doesn't have a sword. He doesn't have, I mean, have you ever seen him try to handle power tools? I mean, it's just like a warrior. I don't know if that fits him. I mean, he can reprogram NASA and he can do all this other cool stuff. But when it comes to a warrior, I don't know if that tip of that, but understand that that's what God called men to be. He put us in the wilderness. He put us in the wild. And then God does three things you're going to see because he says God put him in the garden and he gave him a job to tend it and keep it. You see, every man needs three things. He needs adventure, battle, and beauty. Every man needs these three. And if he doesn't have these three, he'll look for places where he can find these three, where he can find the adventure. Why do you think we got motorcycles up here? There's something free about a motorcycle. You just feel a little bit more like a man. When you're on a motorcycle, there's just something free. You just feel like, man, this is how God meant for us to travel. Just kind of the, the wind and I just out there on the road. Even motorcycles kind of tend to have, mm, you know, you can meet the people, but there's a, there's a rebel spirit about it. No, I don't mean like a, a rebel, like, hey, let's, let's overthrow a government. But I mean just kind of a free spirit in nature about a motorcycle. And that's who God wants your man to be. Someone who's strong, independent, and confident, knows what God wants for him. A person who can get up and lead his family, lead his woman, and to lead his children. The person that says, hey, today is Sunday. I know there's golf. I know there's soccer. I know there's TV. I know there's yard work. But as for me and my house, we will go to church. We will serve God. We will follow the Lord. And they see you on a Monday and a Tuesday. You're up early before breakfast. You open up the word of God, and you've got a notebook. You've got a highlighter, and you've got a pen, and you're writing down what, the, what God 
the God of the universe is speaking to you and you're hearing from God. And that's what your children need to see. Your children need to see that, guess what? You love your wife fiercely. You love your fiance fiercely. They need to see that you would lay down your life for your children. They need to see that in you. Because why? Because you, sir, are the warrior. That's what God has called you out to be. You say, I still don't see it. Notice, if you would, there's an adventure. Adventure helps us to rise up. But then there's the battle. You say, I don't see the word battle. This week, we learned a great word. It's a Hebrew word. The Hebrew word is kibosh. Now, some of us have heard of kibosh, which means to destroy. I'm going to put the kibosh on this. And, uh, but here, God gave us a command, Genesis 1.28, that man was to subdue the garden. You say, what do you mean that word Kabosh. I'm going to write it down so you have it. You may want to remember this because it's going to explain a lot of things. It's the Hebrew word kabosh. Kabosh means to conquer. You see, every man needs a battle. Why do you think some of you ladies, you were pretty hard to get, but that man chased you and chased you and chased you till you finally relented. I mean, he Facebook stalked you, Instagram stalked you, Snapchat stalked you. He literally stalked you. You know, you look in the window and there he was, hey, you know what I mean? He was just all over it. He was not letting you go. Finally, you relented. He had the spirit to conquer inside. It's why he can work two jobs, stay up late. It's why he can get up early. It's why he can work so hard. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, he can work all day and night on his car, but the toilet's been broken for six weeks and he won't fix it. Like, where is the kibosh on the toilet? That's where I need kibosh, not on the car. I need some kibosh to do the lawn. I need some kibosh to do the laundry. I need some kibosh to make the bed. Stop stealing my message, ladies. That's not what this message is about. You see, he has the conquering spirit to accomplish great things that a warrior needs to get done. The warrior says, I'm going to lead my family. I'm going to lead my job because that's that nature, that, that battle. It's why he can get the PhD. It's why he can start the business. It's why he can win the girl. It's why he can build the home. It's why he can start the church. It's why he can stay when everyone else quits. It's why he can get things done when everyone else is against him. That's what it is. But then God does something else in chapter two. You see, what else did God do? At the end, the Bible talks about that God gives Adam a wife. Her name is Eve. In verse 21, the Bible says this, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, and we look at it as said, but really he broke up and he sang this. He was so moved by what he saw because he had never seen anything like this. So he literally starts singing. This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. You see, man needs an adventure. Man needs a battle, but man needs beauty. And here this morning, you are that beauty, ladies. You're that one that he's pursued. You see, there was something about Eve that was different. You say, what made her different? She was mysterious. You see, he had never seen anything like her before. She was different. I, I mean, think about it just for a second, okay? Here he's seen all the animals. He's seen all the creation. He's over it. He's there to kibosh it, to control it, to, to put it in submission. And yet God comes to him, and then God leads this woman to him. And all of a sudden he's blown away because why? This is pre-fall. She's sinless. She's perfect. And he's just looking at her like, what in the world? Wow. This is the most beautiful creature he's ever seen, and he's never seen anything like it. There's some mystery. You know, we don't do it as much now, but it used to be when you go to a wedding, the bride would wear a veil because there was some mystery about her. There was something that you could not see. 
And then who got to take the veil off? The groom got to take the veil off to reveal the mystery, to reveal the beauty underneath. You see, today we lose the mystery. If your relationship has gone a little bit cold, it's because you've gotten to a point where you're like, well, I know everything about her. I know everything about him. Matter of fact, when we go to the restaurant, we just leave the door open now. I mean, your marriage is just, let's be real. Let's just be real here, right? And you're just like, we're just at that point now. I think it's time to add a little bit of mystery. And you could start with just closing the door. That's where we could start right there. Right there's a good place. Write that down, you know? All of a sudden, ladies, I see some elbows going, you know? And I told you, watch the elbows, all right? And, uh, but we want to see some mystery back. We want to see that there's something to it. But what happens in a relationship is all of a sudden, you see this person, you're like, oh, there's everything to know about them. I want you to know something. If you've been married for 10, 15, 20 years, that person you married is not the same person you're with today. They're totally a different person. Life has changed them. And if you have not caught up and got to know them, then you're missing out on the person because you, you, you'll say stuff like, man, we don't do things like we used to do. Well, yeah, we're different people. We can't have the same expectations. Why? Because that's the expectations of a warrior. But what happens is we move from a warrior and then we move into the second phase and that's the wimp. You say, what do you mean the wimp? Notice the same passage in chapter number three. God gave Adam a command. He's to subdue it. He's to protect it. But in chapter 3, verse 6, notice what happens. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Here's the problem. For the longest time, I didn't realize that Adam was there the whole time. We just assume in this passage that Satan comes in chapter threes and tempts Eve and Eve is by herself and Satan is tempting her. Now, when we say it's Satan tempting her, don't think that we're figurative. You know, it's like your, your wife or significant other stops talking to uh, your mother-in-law. You're like, oh, you got done talking to Satan, huh? No, no, that's not what it is. Or talking to her BFF. Oh, you got done talking to Satan. No, she, Eve was literally talking to the devil. Okay, literally talking to the devil. And Adam's right there. And we think, well, that's just normal talking snake. Totally normal. No, it's not normal. Here's the thing. God gave Adam a command to tend the garden and to keep it. That meant to protect it. That meant to conquer it, to shield it. It was his job. You see, the word ganon means a protected place. God put him in the garden, and then he put him over the garden. And God said, hey, ganon this place. Protect it. So you, as a warrior, are supposed to ganon, put a protection around your kingdom, around your area. What I see today is a lot of men let snakes into their kingdom. You're supposed to be a warrior, but you're not being the warrior. You're not going on your home. You're letting things come in. You're letting things happen. Why? You're passive. You're on the TV. You got the beer in hand. You've just kind of checked out. You're letting the kids do whatever. You're letting the wife just do whatever. And I'm not saying to be a dictator and controller, but I'm saying you should know what's going on in your home. You should guard the spirit that's in your home. You should make sure that we're seeking first the kingdom of God, because that is our role as men to be warriors. But we have a generation because because we didn't see this example at home, we are not the ganon. We are not the warriors that we're supposed to be. God has called you to be a warrior. Touch your neighbor and say, you're a warrior this morning. You are a warrior this morning. And I want to call it out of the men this morning. You are not a wimp this morning. You are a warrior that God has called you to be. And I know you may have come to church for the first time. You're like, warrior, what? What? Where am I? But we start with warrior. But then sometimes we become a wimp when we abdicate. We go passive. Passive. 
we're not protecting the wife. We're not making sure. I'm telling you what, if I see a snake even close to my wife, that snake is gone. Cutting the head off of that thing. Man, we're going to grill it and kill it. Like, that's what we're going to do with that snake. It is gone. All right? And yet, Adam just kind of lets it go. So we need to step back. And that's because why? He turned it into this wimp. And then after that happens, notice what happens. You see, our inner wimp says, don't risk too big. Stay in a small story. You see, Adam, instead of stepping in, he stood by. That's what a wimp does. A wimp disengages when he should engage. I've been tempted, men. You're sitting down at the computer. You're sitting down in front of the TV. The kids are just going ballistic. And all of a sudden, we as men have a choice. Do I just act like I don't hear it? Even though literally your kid is right here in your ear. And you're just, just clicking the next channel. And your wife's like, you going to do anything? You going to do anything? You going to do it? And then you're trying to just ignore all of it. Or I have the temptation. I can be the wimp in that situation. Just keep, just disengage. Or I could say, I'm the warrior. And I'm going to conquer this situation. I'm going to step into this situation. Because God has put me over this. Because I'm going to kibosh this. I'm not going to let this moment go by. Because we have a generation of men today. They want the responsibilities of childhood, but the privileges of manhood. Let me say it again because that was just so good. We have a generation of men today that want the responsibilities of childhood, but they want the privileges of manhood. They want to sleep around. They want to drink whenever, hang out with the buddies, but yet they want the responsibilities of children. I just live in a room in my parents, and I love how they say, oh, I got a place. I got a, I got a little apartment. I'm like, you rent a room from your mom, man. Come on, all right? Just own up to it. And I get it. We're in the Silicon Valley. It's expensive. I get it. I get it, but he used to do just, just, just don't be like, oh, I, I got my own place. I mean, let's own up to the fact that, wait a minute, I don't have to be this wimp. I don't have to live like that. God has called me out of that. But Adam, here's what happened. Instead of engaging the situation, he disengaged. You see, men seek validation. And if there's a situation where we can't get validation, we don't, we don't engage. If your team at work is called to do something, you don't get to be the leader. We're kind of like this. We take our ball and go home. You ever done that? You're like, oh, it's my ball, and I get to call the shots in the neighborhood, but since I'm not getting to be the captain or the coach, then guess what? I'm taking my ball and go home. And some of you do that at work. You're like, if I can't be in control, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. And if I can't be in control of my ministry at church, then I'm out. If I can't be in control of my home, then I'm out. You just disengage. That's what a wimp does. That's what a wimp does. A wimp says, oh, if I can't be in charge, that's our, our ego. That's our pride. That's our machismo, just wanting to be in charge. That's what that is. Instead of saying, wait a minute, I'm the warrior. The warrior does the hard things. The warrior has the strong shoulders. The warrior shows up when everybody won't. The warrior will do what everybody else won't. That's what the warrior does. But the wimp, he, will, he looks for validation and he wants it. You see, you need to understand that validation cannot come from the source of a woman. You see, Adam looked for validation and he was looking for validation in his woman. But here's the thing, men. You cannot get validation from a woman. And yet we're chasing it. That's why we see men hopping from relationship to relationship to relationship. Validation for a man can only come from a masculine source. That's why we have such deep father wounds. It can only come from a masculine place. Mothers, I know you mean well to train up your young men, but I need you to understand validation for him can only come from a masculine source. That's why I love our men's breakfast because we get around each other and man, we kind of shove each other. We kind of encourage one another. We say, hey, you living for God? You're doing right. Staying pure. You're not looking at things you shouldn't be looking at. Hey, you're doing all right. You're doing good. We kind of get up in your business a little bit. And some of you wives, you get in trouble when you get up in his business. But us men, we're just like, whatever, get over it, dude. Suck it up. That's what we can say to him. 
But you wives, you can't say that. That's why you get your man to the men's breakfast. We can encourage one another. We can iron sharpening iron. We can help one another get better to help him be a better man. Because here's the thing. Remember, this is what he wants to be. These are the things that he wants. And so we want to help him get from being a wimp to that warrior. So it's so important that we have those times where we're saying, God, I want to be the warrior. So help me be the warrior, not the wimp. But yet we got men looking for validation and they don't know where they're supposed to be finding validation. And that's why when it comes to church, a lot of men don't like church because they're thinking, man, that's for sissies. A bunch of ladies sing some songs. We're going to lift our hands. We're going to close our eyes. We're going to sway and everything like that. That's why we put motorcycles in here today, guys. Like, come on now. We're not wimps. We're not pushovers. It smells like oil and bacon up in here. How good does church get? I'm telling you what. Man, this is like this almost every other Sunday. I mean, it is pretty regular. But we want to make it seem for you that, guess what? This isn't just something for sissies. That God is calling the inner warrior out for you. He wants you to do something great. And Jesus even, even, even saw this in Matthew 3, verse 17. Jesus was baptized in the New Testament. And when he comes up out of the water, the Bible says, A voice from heaven spoke. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Where did the validation come from? It came from God. This morning, man, we need to get our validation from God. Not looking for it from our spouse. Not looking for it from our kids. I love to hear my kids say, you're the best dad ever. I love it. But can I tell you what? I took my kids out on their birthdays. They both had their birthdays this week. I took them out. And man, I kid you not. The morning, I'm the best dad. That afternoon, I won't let them do something. Oh, you're a bad dad. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? It just goes like this. So if you're looking for the validation of your children or your spouse and not from God, you're going to be upset all the time. And so we need to say, God, I need my validation. But what separates the wimp from the warrior? And it's one word. It's the wounds. The only thing separating men from being warriors and wimps is the wounds. Every man here has wounds. We don't like to talk about it, but we have wounds. And here's what separates us. But the difference is how we handle the wounds. Every man here has a wound. You've been wounded by a father, a friend, a coworker, a boss. You've been stabbed in the back. You've been cheated. You've been mishandled. You've been abused. Some of you have been physically abused, sexually abused. You've had all kinds of bad things happen. And there could be all kinds of bitterness and anger and resentment inside of you. And you don't know what to do with it. You're upset. And all of a sudden, you are not living the life of a warrior. You're living the life of a wimp because you have these wounds. And these wounds, you don't know how to deal with it. And the only difference separating is how you handle the wounds. Adam is wounded. Notice what Adam does with his wound. Verse number eight, the Bible says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? They went and hid. But before they hid, see, here's what shame does. Shame makes us want to hide. Some of you, you have your wound and you hide your wound. You cover your wound. It's why you're so driven, sir. It's why you at work work so hard. You'll stay 10, 12, 13 hours a day because you're driven to cover up the wound. You, some of you, you were are, you are, you are neglected as a child, so you are this dad that's, man, you give your kids everything. You are just right there. Why? Because you're trying to cover up a wound. You've been wounded in your past. You don't know how to handle it. And so what you're doing, it's a, it's a coping mechanism because you don't know how to handle your wound. Here's three things that we typically do with our wounds. We nurse it, we rehearse it, and we curse it. Those are three things we do with our wounds. We have a wound, and we don't know how to deal with it. But in our, in our, our normal flesh, and just our normal spirit, we just rehearse it over and over. God comes to him and says, hey, why'd you do this? And Adam immediately, he blamed the woman. Ah, God, it's you, it's this woman, it's everybody else. He's rehearsing this problem. He nursed the problem. He cursed the problem. He couldn't stand it. And some of you, that's your cycle. 
You're rehearsing it, man. You go to work. Everybody knows about your problem. Man, I'm so mad at my old lady. I'm so mad at my family. They won't let me borrow any money. I'm so mad at my parents. They should have paid for my college. I'm so mad at this boss. I'm so mad at this situation. Everybody knows your wound. Everybody, and you're just, man, rehearsing it, rehearsing it. And then you get home and you just nurse it. Man, they should treat me better. I deserve more. I'm smarter than that guy. I should make more than that person. What are you doing? You're trying to nurse it. And then you're cursing. Man, I don't need this job. Who cares about these people? I don't need this wife. I don't need these children. I could do my own thing. What is that? That's nursing it, rehearsing it, and cursing it. And it's a vicious cycle. And it's a cycle that will keep us as, instead of a warrior, and it'll keep us in this wimp zone because we're not dealing with the wound. So this morning, we're going to deal with the wound. This morning, we got to deal with it. And I know it hurts, and I know it's painful. And a lot of us, man, man, we try to cover up. We don't want to deal with what God's telling us to deal with. But here's what God does. God comes to him, and I love this. This is God's grace. God calls the man and says, where are you? Wait a minute. God knows where you're at. But why is he calling? Because he wants to give you a chance to come back. See, understand here, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've done, and it doesn't matter. This is a place where people can find Jesus and follow Jesus. We don't care about your past. We only care about your present, and we only care about your future. We want to know that you're going to do great things for God. That's what we're calling out. And this morning, we want to help you get to that warrior life. You see here, God is calling. God is giving Adam a second chance. He's fallen. He's doomed the human race. But God is calling. And this morning, God is calling. Where are you, son? Where are you, daughter? I want you back. I know you're hiding in the leaves. I know you made some clothes to cover your sin. I know you're trying to cover up your issues, but guess what? You don't have to cover up. You just need to come clean because my grace is sufficient for you. I will give you a new life. I will give you new robes. I will clean you up. I will fix you up. I will set you up. That's what our God does for us. So this morning we need to see that we don't have to live out of our hearts. We don't have to cover up Adam and Eve. They covered up with fig leaves. Here's the thing about fig leaves. Did you know it's one of the most itchy leaves on the planet? And think for a moment without being too crude. Where did they put these itchy leaves? You've seen the pictures. You've seen the flannel graph. You know where Adam put his fig leaf. Greek statues should put fig leaves here. And Eve put fig leaves. And they itch. But here's what research tells us. This itch can cause rashes. I worked in Tennessee and we had a bug. It was called chiggers. Anybody ever heard of chiggers? Chiggers in the auditorium? Man, they itch like crazy. Get under your skin. You can't get rid of them. You're scratching and scratching and scratching. I would just swim in a chlorine pool every several hours and it'd kill them. But what happened, you could see someone's chiggers. They just keep scratching and keep scratching. And they would just keep scratching. You'd see it turn red. Then you'd see the skin break. You'd see it turn bloody. And man, they just couldn't stop scratching it. You see, sin is tricky because sin thinks you're scratching an itch. Sin will tell you that'll hit the spot. Oh man, one more drink will hit the spot. One more hit will hit the spot. One more girl will hit the spot. One more car will hit the spot. Come on, one more job will hit the spot. One more relationship will hit the spot. And you've been trying everything to hit the spot, hit the spot, hit the spot. And all this doing is just like itching it, just itching it. And Adam was trying everything. And God said, are you done? Are you done hiding? Are you done running? Are you done being the wimp? Because I made you, I formed you, I created you. You're to be a warrior this morning. I want to call you out of the wound. I want to call you out of being a wimp. I have more for you. I've created you. I've formed you. I was there when you took your first breath. I will be there when you take your last. I know your steps. I've counted the hairs of your head. I love you from the crown of your head to the sole of your foot. I made you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I have great plans and purposes for your life. And I'm calling you out of this. I want you to come out of hiding this morning. I want you to 
come out of your sin. I want you to come out of your apathy. I want you to come out of your addiction. I want you to walk clean in Jesus' name. He's calling us to live a different life. He's calling us to be clean. He's saying, I will fix you up. I will heal you this morning, but you've got to come out. And God had some new clothes for him. And God said, I'll cover you. Here's the thing. The Bible says that when we receive Jesus, he gives us robes washed white in the blood of the lamb. And I know the imagery seems gross. It seems gruesome, but the blood of the lamb is Jesus Christ. He shed his blood on cross of Calvary. It's filled out for us so that we could have salvation. So this morning, if you've never known this, Jesus, God is calling you right now. He wants to give you new garments. He wants you to deal with your wound, to move to the warrior. He wants you to know that by his stripes, we are healed because of his wounds. We have healing because of our sin. He still gives us salvation. He gives us a second chance. So if you're here and you don't know Jesus, the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, then today is that day. Don't wait. Come out of your hiding. Jesus is calling you this morning. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Do you want to receive that gift today? Do you want to be washed in the blood of the lamb? Do you want to have new life in him? Then today is that day. Every man, woman, and child stand on your feet. We need to worship God. And I want to pray for you because I want to call you out of being the wimp. And I want to call you into the life of a warrior this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Let me talk to two groups this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, I don't know about this guy. I don't know about this preacher, but I just know that Jesus is calling me this morning. We've been praying for you. We're a church that believes in the second chance, the third chance, the fourth and the fifth and the hundredth chance, because we believe that God is still looking, calling Adam and Eve out of hiding and saying, come free, come out of your shame, come out of your bondage and walk free. You don't have to be bound anymore. So this morning you said, I've never received Jesus Christ. I want to make that decision today. I want to trust him as my savior. I want to invite him into my life to cleanse me of my sin, to help me and to give me a new life. If that's you, you say, I want to pray that prayer with nobody looking around. It's just you, me and God. Would you just slip up your hand? Say, I want to pray to receive Jesus Christ. Is that you this morning? I see that hand. Any other hands? You just hold them up. Don't set them down. Anybody else want to see those hands? There we go. Let me pray for you. If just pray this prayer, I'll pray out loud and you pray silently. Dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for my sin. Thank you for giving me a new life. Father, I pray that you would cleanse me. I pray that you'd forgive me. Help me to come out of hiding. Help me to experience your grace. Help me to taste the grace. Help me to be changed. Wash me anew from my sin. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you pray that prayer? Would you slip up your hand? You just prayed that prayer. Can we clap for these?